privilege to be here. Uh, again, for those of you who weren't in Sunday school this morning, this is a picture of my family. Uh, we uh, base ourselves out of Buffalo, New York, right by Niagara Falls, uh, when we're home for the year. We got back in August, and we'll be here until this coming August. Uh, so just a, a few short months left before we head back to the mission field. Uh, our, our kids are getting bigger. I mean, it was great to see all the kids here, and I was thinking, uh, trying to imagine some of them five years ago when I was here and how little they would have been, or maybe not even here yet, I don't know. Um, but our kids are getting a lot bigger. Our oldest, Noah, uh, is going to be 18 in April. Uh, he is a senior in high school. He'll be graduating uh, and heading off to college in the fall. We will leave him here uh, as we head back to Japan, a whole other uh, chapter in life for us. Uh, our middle son, Jonah, is 16. Both Noah and Jonah, you can't drive in Japan until you're 18 or 20, depending on where you live. Uh, so neither of them had their driver's license. We've got two kids now with their driver's permits. Uh, and and uh, yeah, my wife needs a lot of prayer. <laughs> As I'm gone a lot and she's uh, driving with them in the car. Uh, a few more cars on the road in Buffalo than here in Plevna. Um, and our youngest son, Elijah, is 12. He's a sixth grader. Uh, and it is a privilege to be here. If you go to the next slide, I always start by saying thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear me say thank you, because without you, uh, we would not be able to serve in Japan. Uh, we would not be able to do the calling that God has placed on our lives if it wasn't for people like you. Uh, not only for your financial support, but even more so for your prayer support, because your prayers uh, are what help fuel our ministry in Japan, so thank you. If you go to the next slide, I'm this is the island nation of Japan, and again, uh, we work in that red box. We've been there since 1951, North American Baptist Conference has. Uh, we've been there since 2001, uh, and serving there. If you go to the next slide, these are the missionaries of the North American Baptist Conference. Uh, Shan Reed, Yudi Nakano, the Johnsons who are filling in for us and, and us, the Ewings. Uh, we are there on your behalf as your hands and feet uh, serving God, uh, serving you. Uh, as, as we are there. If you go to the next slide, uh, these are what, again, I call the rock stars of Japan. Uh, these are the pastors and their families uh, of the churches of the Japan Baptist Conference. Uh, and they really need our prayers. Uh, they've made tons and tons of sacrifices in order to uh, do the jobs that they do, uh, just like Pastor Josh and his family make sacrifice in order to lead you and help facilitate this church. They do the same thing. Um, and even more so in, in a society that really does not see them uh, as uh, wanting to be a part of their society, might look at them as outsiders or something wrong with them. Uh, so please pray for them as well. If you go to the next slide, uh, this is uh, the building that we worship in. Um, I'm trying to think, how many of you weren't here in Sunday school? I hate to, I hate to do that, just, just so I know how many, okay, now how much time I need to spend on something or not. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, so the, the building in the upper left-hand corner is the building that we uh, rent for our church. Uh, the, right above the yellow flags is a big window. That's the, the space that we rent. Uh, and when I was here five years ago, I was telling you that it's basically just us, uh, the Ewings and Shan, uh, and a couple other people on loan from other churches. Uh, but now that picture is a picture of um, the majority of our congreg congregation. Uh, God has been doing a mighty work. Uh, over the last four years in Japan, calling people to himself uh, in many different ways. And it's basically us just being there to shine his light. If you go to the next slide, some of the uh, things that have happened, baptisms. It's been awesome to have the privilege to baptize folks 
Uh, in the upper left-hand corner, this, this gal, Kitomi, uh, was our first baptism, and she decided Jesus got baptized in a river. I want to get baptized in a river. And uh, the only issue was finding a river in Osaka that was clean enough to actually get into. Uh, we, we had to go an hour away uh, to find, up into the mountains to find this stream that was, one, accessible, and two, that was clean enough for us to actually get into. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was amazing how God worked all that out. But uh, God has continued to draw people to himself, and this is just some of the fruit that we've seen while we're there. If you go to the next slide, you'll see some of the folks that have uh, <clears throat> come to Christ here uh, in the United States or in Canada uh, and have come back to Japan and have uh, been plugged into our church, uh, whether it's uh, uh, the United States or Canada. Uh, a lot of times coming back to Japan, uh, the worship style is a little different. Uh, the attitude of the church is a different because of the culture that it's in. Uh, and it's sometimes hard for people who become Christians here in North America to actually feel like they fit into the Japanese church. And uh, so it's been uh, kind of a privilege for us to help uh, some folks who came back and were separated from the church for a few years, number of years, to actually get plugged back into the church. Uh, God just continues to work in many different ways there. If you go to the next slide, uh, again, still shake my head, uh, even after we've been doing this for seven, eight years, uh, gospel, black gospel music, <laughs> you know, the big means of ministry in our church. Uh, you know, growing up in Bismarck, I would have never, ever guessed that that was, <laughs> that was the way that we would reach a ton of people for Christ, and yet uh, that's where God led us to. We were sensitive to that and have followed that, and God has brought many people into our church through uh, gospel music ministry, uh, whether it's through gospel concerts like we have here or gospel teaching, uh, through what uh, gospel songs mean in Scripture. Uh, God just continues to draw people to himself uh, through the means of gospel music. We have ladies' ministries. If you go to the next slide, again, we have uh, just lots of ways in order to meet people and build relationships. Uh, I'm going I'm to leave you the next slide, prayer requests, again, uh, just to kind of hit them home, and hopefully you remember to first and foremost pray that God would work on the hearts of the Japanese people. Uh, again, John 6.44 says, No one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. No one can come to Christ unless God first leads their hearts. Uh, and so your prayers right here have a direct impact on the people in, J in Japan. So please pray that God would first and foremost Continue to work on the hearts of those in Japan. Pray for our, our church uh, as we've experienced growth, for unity, for maturity, and for a Japanese pastor. And pray as well for our relationship with the Japan Baptist Conference, uh, that we would continue to walk with them, that work well with them. Uh, we don't lead or direct them. We, in some areas, take our lead from them. Uh, we partner with them uh, so that that relationship would continue to go well. And pray for the missionaries for Shan and the Johnsons as they cover our church, for Yudi as she's the acting field director while I'm away, uh, all working a little bit outside of their gifting and above and beyond what they normally would be doing, uh, and for us as we're home on homicide. Uh, if you go to the next slide again, Matthew 5.16, uh, in the same way, let your light shine before uh, men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father God in heaven is the summation, kind of the theme verse for our ministry in Japan. Uh, that's, that's what we hold to daily. How are we today uh, doing the things God has placed in advance for us to do? How are we doing these things to shine Christ's light so that others might come uh, and, and worship him, praise our Father God in heaven as well? 
uh, as I thought about this, if you go to the next slide, I thought uh, about today's passage, uh, Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for reading that. Um, Paul was in prison when he wrote this, the book of Philippians. Uh, he wasn't quite sure. He, he was hoping that he would come and meet them again, uh, but he wasn't sure what the future held. He knew that time was short. and he, In reality, he only had a couple years left in his life. Uh, he was writing them to thank them because they had, they had looked out for him, they had cared for him even while he was in prison and they had sent someone, Epaphroditus, to come and help care for him. And he had brought gifts to Paul. And Paul, Epaphroditus had gotten sick and now Paul is sending him back to the church at Philippi and he's saying, I, I want to thank you for this gift that you have given me, but I also want to encourage you. You see, Paul, knowing that it was the last few years of his life, could be the last few months for all he knew, or the last few weeks, he wanted to encourage the church at Philippi. He wanted them to stick to the truth. He wanted them to do what was important in life. And so as he turns to chapter 2, he starts in verses 1 through 11 saying, this is the way we should work together. We should have the attitude of Jesus Christ. We should be humble, just as Jesus Christ was giving up his deity, right? Still fully God, fully man, came to earth, but he gave things up in order to come to earth. That in the end, after he had accomplished what God wanted him to accomplish, he would be uh, raised above all else. But having this same attitude, right? Paul goes on to say that they should work out their salvation, to continue to work out their salvation, right? Verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not, so, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This should kind of make us pause and think for a minute, right? Well, what is our understanding of salvation? Right? We think work out our salvation. Well, salvation is something that happened in the past for us, Right? Like, we, we learned about Jesus Christ, that he came to earth, that he did humble himself, that he died on the cross, not just any old death, uh, but a capital punishment death, right? An embarrassment, absolute, absolute shame, the death that he had. But he did that so that we might have a reconciled relationship with God, that our sins might be forgiven. And if we only accept that free gift, we're saved, right? And when we do that, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God looks at us as if we are sin-free. But that's something that happened in our past. Well, hopefully it's happened in our past, right? But salvation, I say, has three parts to it. There's past, and there's present, and there's future. What Paul is talking about here, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, is, is present. Right? When, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we ask Him to be Lord of our life and to take away the punishment of our sins, and God looks at us as, as being justified, as being free from sin, do we stop sinning? Absolutely not. Well, I don't know about you, but at least I don't. Right? I know in my life there's still areas that are, that are not up to the level of Jesus, that haven't fully conformed to His image yet. And it's a daily pursuit to work out what that means to be like Christ in our lives. Walking in the knowledge that we are a part of God's kingdom. Walking in the knowledge that we are children of God. 
We need to continue to work out what that means in our lives. Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, don't stop doing this. Doesn't matter if you're two or 102. Continue to work out your salvation. Continue to figure out what this means in your life. And he says to do it with fear and trembling. That means to take it serious. That doesn't mean like, oh, I don't know if I can do this because, uh, no. He means to take it seriously. It shouldn't be priority number 12 in your life. It should be priority one. It should be the thing that you think about first and foremost. What does my relationship with God through Jesus Christ mean? What does my salvation mean to my life? And how I act and think. Paul is saying, work this out with fear and trembling. He goes on to say something that's really, really interesting. For it is God who works in you, move that up there, to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's another thing that should kind of make us wonder, right? <laughs> God's going to make us willing and act if we're only willing. All we, hate, all we need is that little, that little seed of faith. That little mustard seed of faith. All we need to do is to make that first step to say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm going I'm to seek salvation in my life daily. I'm going to figure out what this means for my life daily. And God, as we search his word, as we learn more about him, as we talk to others about him and implement his principles in our lives, will make us both willing to learn these things, to do these things, but he will also make us able to learn these things, to do these things. It's important, Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, to continue, if you go to the next slide, to deepen your faith walk. To learn more about your walk with Jesus Christ. The church at Philippi, they hadn't just become Christians that month or that year. They had been around for a while, but Paul is telling them, you need to continue to work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Again, it doesn't matter if you're two or a hundred and two. You need to learn what God's principles are, what his truth is, how that applies to your life. And you need to walk in a way that exemplifies those. And God will make you willing and able to do that, Paul is saying. It's kind of an amazing thing, right? If you turn, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John, chapter 15. Jesus, the night he was betrayed, right, after the Last Supper, he's out heading to the Garden of Gethsemane and talks to his disciples. John, chapter 15. This is what he says, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that, will, so that it will be even more fruitful. Right? This is Jesus saying this is what God does in his life. Amazing, right? You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the same principle that Paul is talking about. We are to abide in Christ. We are to abide in His Holy Spirit. To live with Him. To figure out what faith means. To learn more about God's principles. And by abiding, by learning, by walking daily with Him, He will make us willing and able to live the life that's according to His purpose. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi to do this. You know, this is something that we're trying to get our church in Japan to understand as well. If you go to the next slide, we have Bible studies, we have Bible reading plans, uh, we have uh, classes where people can come and learn. And what we've been doing lately, we, we want people to deepen their faith walk. We want them to go as deep as they can. So we've also started doing seminars in our church, finding topics that uh, people can learn about that will develop a greater thirst in their life delve more into God's Word so that they can know more who God is, what His truths are, and what they mean to their lives. Now, in Japan, this is kind of a tricky thing. right? We're, we're the foreigners. We're coming from the outside. We work with the Japan Baptist Conference. We work in a society that's hierarchical. They're above us. We can't come in and tell them what to do. In a lot of ways, we can't even critique what they do because they're above us. There's a distance between us. And while we work together, that kind of dialogue is really kind of difficult. So in starting in our church, these seminars is how can we do this in a way that, that, will, that will benefit both of us, right? So again, one of the principles that I talked about in Sunday school, that it's a male-dominated society, we decided, hey, let's start with the women, right? They're off the radar, they're not, they're, 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 they're the women in the back of the house, right? That's, that's the women. Well, let's start with them. Not that we don't value women, because absolutely we do. But this is a strategy that we used in order to uh, allow these things to happen. We started with women. We started doing women's seminars. It was amazing. In, in, a, in a land where churches very rarely work together, we had representatives from 11 different churches come and be a part of our seminar. Women from not only our region, but even more importantly from our local area who are a part of different churches, come be a part of our seminars. Learning about what it was like or what it should be like for women uh, as they walk along life, discerning God's will for their lives, how they can help others learn, how they can lead a Bible study, how they can help mentor other people. Very easy, very meaningful seminar. And then we decided, okay, now another, another principle in Japan uh, is uh, expert mentality. Now, I know this is probably not something that, that really works well on the ranch, right? Like, <laughs> you're it. You're kind of like a church planter, right? I'm a church planter. You're, you're the jack of all trades, right? If something breaks, you're the one that's supposed to fix it. If something needs doing, you're the one that's got to do it. In Japan, they have this expert mentality. It drives me crazy. Like, you don't fix your own house. You don't fix your own car. They don't even sell parts for stuff. You can't go to the store and buy the stuff you need to fix your house because they have this expert mentality that you call the expert and the expert comes and fixes it. 
Right? So even in the church, this bleeds over, and sometimes this happens here in North America as well, that, well, who's the expert in the church? The pastor. Well, the pastor should do that. The pastor should do this. Oh, that should fall on the pastor's shoulders. Right? So this idea of an expert, this expert-oriented society, we decided, okay, well, after women, let's call in an expert. So we called in uh, Dr. Cam Roxborough. He's a vice president with the North American Baptist Conference and Missional Initiatives is his title. Uh, and he came and gave us a seminar on w- reaching out to our community. What are some ways that we can... We were already doing some of these things, but it was, it was, it was encouraging and instructional for people to start seeing other areas in Scripture that point out these things that we were already working on. And then we, we moved up ratcheted things up a little bit and called in a friend of mine, Dr. Daisuke Okada. Right? He, he runs a thing called the Japan Bible Academy. It's like a Bible school, uh, but it isn't bricks and mortar in one location. He will come to your church and he'll lead you, anybody who wants to be a part of it, through a three-year program and you get kind of like a Bible degree. He starts out with hermeneutics, biblical interpretation, right? How you study the Bible. It does Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, Hebrew, Greek, soteriology, eschatology, everything. Just leads you right through all of that. And so we started asking him not to do that plan, but to come in and give seminars. And so he's come in, he's given seminars on hermeneutics and Old Testament and different things. It's amazing to see the difference in the lives of the people of our church when they actually stop. When they actually, with fear and trembling, seek to work out their salvation. It's been amazing to see the change in their lives when they take their faith walk seriously and make it a priority instead of something that they do on just on Sunday or something that they do just occasionally. You see, God commands all of us to do that. He commands all of us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I know that there's some of you here who can probably quote tons and tons of verses out of Scripture who probably live very, very good lives. And yet, that applies to all of us. To continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. To learn more day by day what that means. To deepen our walk in faith with Jesus Christ, with God. So that we might be willing and able to live according to his purposes. And it's amazing, you know, Paul goes on to say, so if you're doing this, you should do everything without complaining or arguing so that you might become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. If you go to the next slide. Paul is saying the intention, the the purpose of living your life in a deepened faith walk and accomplishing the things that God has set out for us to do, acting according to his purpose, is that we might shine that we might, against this crooked and depraved backdrop of this generation we live in, look differently. And in that way, shine. 
I don't know about you. I know here in Plevna, at night, the stars are incredible. You know, I miss that. Where we live in Osaka, if I walk out and I can see like three stars, I'm happy. It's so bright where I live. And I miss it. After growing up in the Dakotas, holy smokes, I miss stars. But, you know, I don't go out even in North Dakota, and I'm sure you don't hear in Plevna go out with, with your book at night and try and read by the light of the stars. Do you? Sure hope not. You can go blind that way, probably. Right? It isn't like you go out at night and you try and moon bathe, you know, get a tan or something from the light of the stars, right? No. So if we're supposed to shine like the stars in the heaven, you might think, oh, man, that's not very bright, is it? But when you really think about it, what's the closest star to Earth? The sun. Sorry, I know you were going to answer that, weren't you? Yeah. The sun. Now now let's look at that through the same same lens. Can you go outside with the book and read by the light of the sun? Absolutely. Can you go out and, and, and tan yourself by the light of the sun? Is it bright? Is it intense? Does it give life to the earth? See, I think that was what Paul's intention was when he wrote this to the Philippians. Right? I think he, he had in mind Daniel. Turn with me to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 12. Right, Daniel is, is writing about a vision that he's had about the future, about the end of times. And in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, he says, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects our people, will rise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. See, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, right? Like the the sun. And those who lead others to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. I think that's what Paul had in mind when he wrote this to the Philippians. Acting according to God's good purpose means shining means showing God's light. Like I said before in Matthew 5.16, in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You see, I think sometimes we get hung up on this, this idea of works, this idea of deeds, right? We are not saved by our works. In Japan, Buddhism, Shintoism is all based on your deeds. You have to outdo the others. A good example of this was uh, when we have an Easter tradition in our house that we, my wife makes fosnakegels. It's called a fried dough with powdered sugar on the outside, right? I mean, really healthy, um, but very delicious uh, for Good Friday. So we had just moved into the house that we live in now. Our oldest son, Noah, was a first grader, and we made our fosnakegels that year. And Noah had started school just like three weeks before 
because school in Japan goes April to March, right? Very similar here. Okay, maybe not. April to March. Started school, and he was having to make new friends. It was a, a new school. And the little girl across the street from us, who they had played together on the street, was really nice to him and helped introduce him to some friends at school. And so he said to me, can we give some of these Fosnick eagles to the, to the Yamadas across the street? And I said, oh, are you sure about this, bud? That sounds horrible, I know, but here's one. He said, yes, Dad, please, 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 I want to give some. Okay. So we put some in a paper bag, and we walked across the street, and we rang the doorbell, and Mrs. Yamada came out, and, and I said, you know, Noah would like to give something to your daughter. So she called her daughter, and her daughter came out, and Noah said, hey, here, I'd like you to have these. These are something that we have uh, every year about this time, and they're really delicious, and I want you to have some. And the mom and the daughter thanked us, and they went back inside, and we went back inside and kept eating. And about five minutes later, we heard our neighbor's car start and drive away. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And about 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, come back, right? And then about an hour later, our doorbell rang. And there was Mrs. Yamada. She had some, some <laughs> made-from-a-box brownies that she made for us, that she had gone to the store to buy, to come back and made them and brought them to us because in Buddhist thought... If someone does something for you, that's horrible. You have to do more good. You have to give more than you receive. You have to do, do, do. It's all based on how you do things. Poor Mrs. Yamada had to run to the store. That two hours of her life, she'll never get back again because we decided we'd be nice and bless them with some Fosnick eagles, right? Life is, salvation, I should say, is not based on works. We know this. Right? Ephesians chapter 2. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sure a lot, well, many of you here could quote these verses, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Right? We are not saved by works. It's a gift from God. When we believe Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was God's son, that he, he died for our sins, and we accept that we're saved, right? Past. Present, we work that salvation out. Future, man, when, when we die at the end of times, we are going to spend eternity free from death and free from sin, free from pain, free from suffering. That's the future salvation. First Peter tells us that that is stored up in heaven, that it can't be changed or tarnished or or. or destructed in any way. That is a gift to us. We are not saved by works. But if you look at verse 10, I think a lot of times we forget this one. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right? To act according to his good will, according to his purpose, Paul says in Philippians. Doing those deeds, we're not saved by works, but we are saved for works. Doing those good deeds that God, and this blows my mind, God puts them in, in, in our lives ahead of time. Right? Like, it, I, I, while I'm home on home assignment, I, 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 I visit usually about 50 churches, right? 38 of those supporting, and then other ones that, that ask me to come and speak in mission conferences, etc. 
arranging those visits can be very challenging, very difficult. Trying to work the circumstances together, you know, this travel, that travel, family things, and doctor visits, and all this kind of stuff. Working all these things together to actually be at a church on a Sunday can be very difficult. And that's just trying to affect one thing in my life, right? Trying to work out the circumstances to accomplish something can be difficult. But God, our Father God, who can do all things, right? He walks ahead of each and every one of us. He knows where we're going to be, and he works situations out so that we will have good works to do. Ephesians 2.10, that God has placed in advance for us to do. Father God walks ahead of us. But we have to walk in faith to know what those good deeds are. To know how we're supposed to react and respond to those things. So that when we come across them, we can do them. And in that way, shine his light. Be different than the backdrop of society around us. That's something else we're trying to get our church in Japan to do. If you go to the next slide. Like I said before, we... we we have a, a relationship with the nursing home behind us. It started out, uh, I, I decided, hey, we need to show our community that we care about them. Right? It's not like Plevna where kind of everybody knows everybody. You know, our community, again, like I said, 77 square miles and 840,000 people. Smack in the pocket, you know, heart of this huge thing that's 9 million people. How do we help those across the street from us know that we care about them? And so I thought, man, let's go over there and do some Christmas caroling. <laughs> Sounds kind of hokey. It's not something that happens in Japan. But let's go see if this will actually work. And so uh, I asked people in church, anybody want to go with me? And this lady from our church decided, yeah, I'll go along. And we went across and we asked the nursing home, hey, can we come and carol here. And they're like, caroling? What's caroling? So we had to explain what caroling was. They're like, well, we don't really have events that go on here. We've got like a coffee hour that we do once a week, but that's it. And we said, can we just come and sing? I said, are you going to like come and, and, and um, proselytize, I guess would be the, the, the equal word in English. Are you going to come and you're going to do like really bad evangelism, big evangelism? No, we're coming to just show that we care about you. Uh, it took them three and a half, four weeks to decide whether it would be okay for us to just come and sing. Eventually they said yes. So we went and we sang. We did Christmas caroling. We had a blast. The people there had a blast. Right? It's encouraging to see the care center things you're going to do on Easter. It's kind of that same idea, right? When we go... And we did this, and when we left, the amazing thing to me was that the change that happened was more so with the people of our church than it was with the people at the nursing home. Right? They were like, wow, that was amazing. Did you see how their faces brightened and, and how their day was better because of something that we did? And so they said, can we do something more? And so I, I said, you know, they said, oh, well, maybe we could do this, we could do this, let's get this to go. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute. Why don't we go to the nursing home and ask them, what is it that we can do to help you? 
So this lady and I, Mrs. Sakamoto and I, went back to the nursing home. I said, is there anything that we can do to help you? Is there anything we can do to make life better for you? And they talked about it. They didn't have like an events coordinator or anybody. It was just the operator, you know, the, the, like the president, if you want to put it that way, of the nursing home, uh, sitting there with us and said, well, maybe you could come like once every other month and, and do like a craft or something. And so that's what we started doing. We go and we do origami, right, paper folding. I'm not really good at it. Mine ends up looking like all weird and little balls and gets frustrating. But there are a lot of people in our church are really good at it. And, and these folks in the nursing home, man, they remember this stuff from when they were kids. But it gets them out of their room. It gets them talking to each other. It's amazing the effect that it's had. A couple weeks before, well, a couple months before we came back on home assignment, we were at uh, an event there, and I saw this lady that I hadn't seen before. You know, part of the process over the last two and a half years of us doing this is that the nursing home now has an events coordinator. And now they do events other than the stuff that we do. And so the, the, the residents' lives has gotten better. Because just because of what we've done as an example. Uh, but we were at uh, this event, and I saw this lady standing off to the side taking notes, and I thought, oh, no. Must be a new events coordinator. We've got to train somebody new now, right? Uh, so afterwards, I went over to talk to her, and uh, I introduced myself. You know, I'm the pastor of the church, and, you know, the group that's come. Uh, and she says, you know, I'm sorry, I, I work for the city, uh, the Izumi city. And... Uh, we heard about what was happening here and what you guys were doing here, so I thought I'd come and check it out. And I want to ask you, we have five other facilities like this in our city. Would you be willing to come and do this same thing in our other five nursing homes? God works out things in advance for us to do. If we are only willing to do it, to shine for him. Sometimes it breaks our cultural barriers as well. Things that we kind of go, what? We do the Operation Christmas Child Boxes. You see a picture behind me? I don't know if you do the... Do you do that here? Yeah? Uh, our, our little church usually does like 60 or 70 boxes, which is kind of, I think, a lot for our little group. The first couple of years we did it, you know, they were kind of like, I don't know what this is all about. This is kind of weird. Like, why would we put stuff in a box and send it somewhere? Um, and then they found out the first... After we sent it the first year and Operation Christmas Child said thank you for your boxes and sent us a letter saying thank you and it said your boxes went to the Philippines people in our church were kind of flipped out because you know the Philippines and Japan do not get along right Japan used to used to own the Philippines they they had conquered the Philippines they had they were not very nice to the Philippines uh, and the United States came right and we kicked them out of there uh, and uh, and yeah the Japanese and the Philippines did not have a good relationship. And they were like, why are we sending boxes? To, this is in the church. Why are we sending boxes to the Philippines? It took us a long time, right, to teach that we are to be his witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the utter ends of the earth, right? That in Christ there is no Greek nor Jew, slave nor owner, man nor woman. It has taken us a long time to work through this idea that God wants us to shine his light not just to the people that we like, not just to the people that we think are worthy of it, but he wants us to shine his light to all people. But now, it's amazing what has happened. This past year, 
They started going to the people in our community, to the dentists. Hey, we're doing these boxes. We're sending them to the Philippines. The dentists kind of look at them like, hmm? We're sending these boxes to the Philippines. Do you have any, like, toothbrushes and toothpaste you can put in there, you know? Do you have any, like, glasses wipes? They go to the optometrist, you know? They're going to all these places in our community trying to get materials for these boxes, but at the same time, showing God's love. Saying, hey, we care about the Filipinos. We care about people other than just our people group. This is a kingdom principle. This is part of the light that we're called to share. Outside of their comfort zone. Outside before what they thought was appropriate. But according to God's kingdom, absolute truth. Because they've deepened their faith walk, because they now understand what that means, they're able to act that way. According to God's will, according to his purpose. And in doing so, are shining his light. That's what God calls all of us to do. Even right here in Plevna, right here in Fallon County, right here in eastern Montana, what I call God's country. God calls all of us to grow closer to him, to understand him more. And it doesn't matter how how close we are, we have not arrived. None of us have. We can still learn more. We can still work out our salvation with trembling, fear, with priority, so that we might shine his light and shine brightly. Not like a little candle, not like a little flashlight, like the light of the sun with intensity so that those around us might come to know who he is and come to praise our Father God in heaven as well. The question is, are we doing that? Have we gotten so distracted by life, by the things around us, that we don't make it a priority anymore? Have we allowed uh, what we do and say, how we think and feel, to be tarnished, to not shine anymore, to be covered with soot and other things? God calls us to shine for him. So let's shine. Whether it's right here in Plevna, or around the world in Japan. Let's shine for him. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we praise you. Lord, we thank you uh, for your holy word. Uh, we, pr- we praise you that <clears throat> in, in your will, Father God, uh, you, you have deigned to love us. Even though we have turned our back on you, though we, we are sinners, that we have fallen, that we don't always uh, walk according to your purpose, Father God, you still love us. You chase after us. You walk ahead of us so that we might come to know you more and to do the things that you have given us to do. Thank you, God. Thank you as well that we have Paul's words, the letter that he wrote to the Philippians, even now, 2,000 years later. And that it is not only something that we have, it is something that is applicable to our lives. Lord, I ask that you would be with us, that you would help us to draw closer to you, to understand you more, to understand our relationship with you, our relationship with others more, so that we might teach them, so that we might do the things that shines your light and your love to those around us. Lord, help us to do that. It's not always easy. A lot of times we feel inadequate. 
And yet we know that you will make us willing and able to do those things. So help us to rely on you. Father God, I ask that you would continue to bless First Baptist Church. Lord, bless them so that they might come closer to you, closer to each other, that they might be a great example to those around them, showing God's love, showing your love, showing uh, the things, the principles that you have given us in your word so that others might come to know you as well. Lord, help us to make that a priority in our lives so that we might shine for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.